Hello and welcome to the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast, live here from Skinner Motorcycles in Perth. I am here with the 2018 British Talent Cup champion, um, Rory Skinner, and this year, hopefully, star Yamaha rider in British Supersport. Rory, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Peter. Not a, not a problem. So this season, you're with the Apple, Apple Yard Yamaha team, who last year had one of the most dominant seasons I think we've ever seen in British Championship. Um, how did that deal come together to join that team? Well, it's not yeah, a tough one really to answer that. It's, uh, it went through the whole season, really. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we put the feelers out quite early on that we were looking to get into a team for the for the next year coming, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, early on in the season, Robin, Robin, you were looking for a team, Robin Appleyard, so mm-hmm. he, he approached us and he just said he's going to keep an eye on me over the course of the season, and so at the start of the year, we didn't have the best starts of being a privateer team, privateer bike, we were just doing it ourselves so, out, out of the workshop here, so yeah. it wasn't, um, it was a small family run effort, and I mean, a massive thank you to my sponsors from last year and mm-hmm. and the family friends who who helped donate to it and mm-hmm. just just all the little sponsors that made it happen that that's what we made last year mm-hmm. and due to that I mean each round we got stronger and stronger I understood the bike more and more and managed just we got towards the end of the year and we struggled a little bit with budget and then we had some more help just come on board and yeah towards the end of the year we came on form and Robin came up came up to us towards the end of the year and was like yeah well I kind of want to make something happen so mm-hmm. really from then or then it just kind of got got the weight off my shoulders kind of came yeah. and uh, it was more like well next year sorted let's just have a bit of fun now. Was that uh, was that? Do you think that was a big factor in how you're, you obviously you had quite a, a an improvement from race one to right to the end of the season, but it really peaked to right towards the end of the season. Was that in line with when you know that next year was sorted? Did that help to relax and, and perform at, at, the, at your best? Yeah, it came hand in hand. Obviously, yeah. knowing you've got a ride for the next year, it takes a lot away off your shoulders. It, mm-hmm. It's that it's that feeling that everything's lifted. So that did help, but we're in, I was in a much better place with the bike. I was mm-hmm. feeling good in myself. I was fit. I was motivated. and I was really, really wanting to do a good job. And we're coming to the tracks that I kind of knew already because... That last year was my first proper season, full blown season on every single British track since mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. And the last time I rode every track in the UK was on a one two five Aprilia. Yeah. And I was uh, twelve. Like, yeah, when I was twelve in two thousand fourteen, so it was like, it was a bit of a learning curve really coming from having like thirty horsepower to like a hundred and thirty. It was yeah. uh, it was a big jump really. So we we got stronger and stronger each round and obviously towards the end of the year as we came back to the tracks that we know it was like well now we can hit the ground running we can go into it knowing what the bike's going to do we have a base set up already mm-hmm. and then we just kind of got yeah we just improved yeah and 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 try and ex- explain um to 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 the, to the listeners you've had such an incredibly deep experience in grand prix like you say light relatively underpowered but grand prix motorcycles and on grand prix tracks how what do you need to adjust to and how hard is it to adjust from that to production bikes and national tracks yeah well since the age of 13 i was out in spain riding moto threes which are pucker grand prix bikes yeah. they're, uh, they're like 70 kilograms about 55 60 brake horsepower 250 cc so they're they're really small like packages but mm-hmm. they're they're unbelievable click that you would not believe the yeah. speed that they're at um i mean i was 14 year old Riding one in Aragon in Spain and we're 160 miles an hour on the telemetry at the end of the back stretch Jeez. on a 250. That's that's pretty quick for one of them. So, you know, coming back from riding Grand Prix tracks to 
some of the tracks in the UK which are a little bit tighter and a little bit more niggly. It, re- it was tough, but we we managed to adapt it fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. Brian from uh, Cooper Motorcycles and Kakodi Kawasaki, he, he gave me a bike, well, lent me a bike at the start of 2018 mm-hmm. alongside when I was doing the British Talent Cup and that was my first kind of dive into riding a 600. And yeah. I clicked with it fairly quickly. We got the bike before a Wednesday not kill meeting and I was out that weekend riding it and it was standard fork, standard motor, it was like 20, 20 horsepower or so down on what I was racing against and I mean it was it was great fun, I, I mean I can't thank Brian enough for, for lending me that bike because really it just kick started everything for the 600 and yeah. a lot of my training is on a 450 Supermoto so the bike, okay, the bike yes. moves about a lot and it slides and it like flexes in a way but it's more comparable to a 600 whereas the Moto3 mm-hmm. was very rigid so me jumping from the Moto three to the six hundred just felt like I was riding a supermoto. I didn't mind it moving about. I didn't mind it kind of sliding and going everywhere. Uh-huh. So that made the transition a lot easier for me. Ah, so 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 training. That was one of my questions. Was uh, was your training? So super supermoto. Tell us about that and and what what you what that's involved and and where you go to do it. And well, I go along to the East of Scotland Car Club, which is in Crail and Strother. Um, yeah. So that's where I ride in. Mainly, it's one of the best tracks in the UK from what the Supermoto guys tell me for riding Supermoto. So, you know, I'm really lucky to have that on my on my doorstep. And uh-huh. with the club supporting me, um, I really can't thank them enough for that. They helped me out with my membership, which is it's huge for me because it's a, it's a cost that has to be covered for, by somewhere. So yeah. for them to do that for me is really appreciated. And uh, yeah, well, I try and get out there as much as I can. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's harder now working full time here at the shop and yeah. <laughs> college and everything. It's, it's tough, but... Um, I try and get there, out there as much as I can. It's open every single day of the year, 10, till, 10 in the morning till late at night, and you can go and ride whenever you want. Wow. So, I mean, for that, it's great. The, the Scotland really need, well, the whole UK really needs more tracks like that, and it's, yeah. it's great that it's so close. But, yeah, that's where I try and get most of my, my bike time in, because it's hard to go and take a 600 somewhere and go and do a track day, because the, the cost involved, you get your tyres, you leak through tyres so quickly, and mm-hmm. your fuel, you're travelling, and then the cost of the track day on top. Yeah, and, and do you... What is it like as a professional rider that like yourself, a world-class rider like yourself, to go to a track day with people who think they're as good as you but they're not? Is, is it easy enough to handle that? Do you, do you just give them the room? You or don't, how? You, don't, you don't really think about it like that. You just, really? You just go on track and you just do what you do. You, you give everybody space because it's yeah. a track day. Yeah. The space that you race at is a lot tighter than what you would in a track day so obviously you just give everybody a bit of space you take everybody as an unknown because you've never most of them never run with Uh so you just give everybody a bit of space a bit of caution at first and and towards the end of the day everybody picks up there's there might be one or two guys that want to tell their mates that they've passed a a British Championship (laughs) rider or somebody's done this somebody's done that and they'll throw it down the road but that's very rare and usually everybody gets on everybody has has a good laugh and it's it's a good day and there's respect which is good yeah and how do you compare um, now that you're you're on and you're getting getting your teeth into the six hundred cc bikes? How do you compare your Kawasaki ZX six from last year to the new Yamaha R six, which seems like the darling of the class now? Tell us about the comparison between the two. What's your view? The Kawasaki was a great bike for me. It, it was the only six hundred I'd I'd ridden up mm-hmm. until well up until I started riding one up until I started riding the R six just there. So mm-hmm. I mean I thought it was a, it was a good bike. It was obviously it had its weaknesses compared to the R six. Mm-hmm. I mean the R six is arguably the bike to be on looking at what the world championship's been like for the last few years but mm-hmm. we did the best job we could with the, with the mm-hmm. Kawasaki I mean mm-hmm. I think it talks volumes that we came out as the top Kawasaki in the Super Sport Championship last year beating yeah. the factory team so mm-hmm. I mean that in itself says that we didn't do a bad job on it so 
I mean, it's completely different. The chassis of it is completely different. The feels is so different. And the R6 to me feels like a Moto 3 that's got 140 brake horsepower. Oh, it wow. just, it just, it turns, it holds the line, and you can just get on the power, and it will just hook up and go. Wow, and are you seeing quite a big jump in lap time then already? It's, yeah, it's, it's a jump in lap time, but the lap time comes easier. I could, ah, okay, I could yeah. run at a, at a certain pace, and I could do that lap, 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 lap. Ah, and okay. before, I could maybe do that one lap on a Kawasaki, mm-hmm. but I'd be one lap on it, and then the next my consistent run of laps might be half a second off, because you can't constantly, in a race, you can't constantly be on the edge pushing every single lap, yes. because you're risking crashing. Uh-huh. And you've got to be consistent, you've got to be comfortable, because if somebody comes with a late race charge, you've got to be able to take it to them. Yeah, and then of course, does that help with um, Does that help with keeping life in the tyre then? Being able to sort yeah. of ride within... Yeah, obviously yeah. if you can feel what the bike's doing, you're happy sitting at a fast pace, comfortable, mm-hmm. you can manage the tyre better, and I think that's what Jack Kennedy did and done so well last year in British Supersport. Uh-huh. He managed to manage the tyre, and he was doing the same lap times from what you do in lap three to the last lap of the yeah. race. He'd just be so consistent. And that's just what gave him the gap. And and can now that you're in that team and you're on effectively his I guess is it his, his old bike. The team's got new bikes, but they're yeah, pretty much similar idea. Can the, do they then? Is there things that they can say? Go well. This is what worked really well for Jack last year. Give it a try. Is is that how it works? Um, the team are pretty open. They uh-huh. they, they, they the, what I was really happy with. They went to the team for a test and they went. We want to make the bike work for you. We're, they didn't want to plug. They didn't go. Here's Jack settings. This works for Jack. Ride it. They went. Yeah. We want to make a bike that works for you. Yeah. And that for me is really important because it means the team want to work around you. They mm-hmm. want to give you the best things that you need rather mm-hmm. than what somebody else needs. Because every rider is different. Sure. Everybody needs a different package to work with. Mm-hmm. You can be the same height and the same weight, but the way you sit on the bike can make a massive difference. Yes. And uh-huh. at the end of the day, a happy rider is a fast rider, and if you if you got a package that works for you, you'll be fast. Yeah. And that I mean the team help out with different end like the electronics maps that Jack developed was was really good. He ah, Jack's okay. got a lot of experience with like with the engine braking side of things. That he is a he was really good with that and the team are just as spot on, they're excellent. Alex he's he's brilliant with that. So going into that, that was a new thing for me, learning how to work with all the electronics and to be honest I couldn't have asked for a better experience and a better team to go into using it with because they were just they, they told me everything that it should do and uh-huh. they just told me to come back in and just speak to them and they would plug it or plug in the, the laptop to the bike and type it all in and do what they need to do and I go back out again and it would be better or worse and we just would work on it work on it work on it and by the end of the test we were like in a place where we were all really happy and the team were the team were happy as well yeah and I, I guess it must be from what you're telling me, it seems like you're 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 almost discovering straight away why they won the championship so convincingly it's, last year. I guess it's not that. It, 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 obviously, winning the championship, everything's got to be right the whole season. Mm-hmm. And Jack was phenomenally consistent last year, and so was Brad. Brad mm-hmm. finishing second in the championship and having upwards of twenty podiums over the years, some achievement. Um, so the team the team know how to run a run a good bike through the year. So it was just like. It was a good insight to see what they to see what they, they how they work as a team, and yeah. it was nice to see that they still work as a family. There's no tension in the garage. Everybody works together, and if there's a problem, it's resolved. There's no this side and that side. Everybody's together, and it works well. Yeah, so it's not movie star Yamaha, um, two thousand and nine. No, there's no. no there's there's no that. <laughs> so while we're on the subject of Grand Prix, Patrick, you came into the new Dorna British Talent Cup, or from the cusp of almost looking like maybe no racing at all for the 2018 season to come in and winning it and then what followed after it 
talk us through that kind of roller coaster of events and emotions that of that whole experience from your point of view. Well, yeah, obviously doing three years in the Red Bull Rookies, that mm-hmm. was that was some experience in itself. Really, mm-hmm. that was to be racing with some of the fastest guys in the world at that time mm-hmm. and beating a fair majority of them was yeah. it was great for my experience. It's brought me on as a rider, and it's something I could never replicate anywhere else in the world. So. Mm-hmm. That was a great, great experience, and it's there's memories in that that I'll cherish and like take with me. Yeah. Forever, really. There, um, it was a great. I, I loved my time in the Red Bull Rookies. It was the nicest, nicest championship I've ever run, and uh-huh. purely just because of everybody that's around you and the environment you're in. It was, it was really nice. You were nurturing, and it was just, it was the the best rider at the end of the day would always come out on top, and. Uh-huh. It was, it was nice to get a win and it was nice to get a few podiums and we tried we had ups and downs but it's like every rider everybody mm-hmm. everybody has their ups and downs so I mean that was good and then the junior world championship as well that's yeah. arguably tougher than the Grand Prix paddock oh um, yeah I, it, it's tough the times in the junior world championship rivaled the Grand Prix times my first year in it Belega he qualified on pole at Jerez and Valencia and his times in qualified when he put on pole in the Grand Prix and it was like a baptism of fire for me going in I've just turned 14 yeah. and I was like fired right into the deep end and yeah. I was racing the end of 2015 I was racing with the likes of Belega Canet Mir Dallaporta Arenas Arbelino Ralph Fernandez I mean you name it there's, there's there. 21 of the Grand Prix riders in the, the 21 of the Grand Prix riders this season or more I think it is now I've raced with in CV yeah. And I'd say a majority of them have been on par with them yeah. through at some point in my CV career. Just some of them get the breaks and sometimes you don't. It's just right place, right time, really. So yeah, I mean the experience I got from riding with them, it's uh, it was great and it's a bit of a kick in the teeth now looking at it. They're on Grand Prix doing mm-hmm. racing all over the world, though maybe not in this case at the minute, but yeah. um, <laughs> you know over the last couple of years, a lot of them have been all over the world racing with the very best. And in a way, it's nice because I know I'm I'm equal to them. I, I, can be mm-hmm. just as quick as them and yeah. then another way of looking at some days I'm like well it's a bit of a kick in the teeth because I really wish I was there doing that but we got on with it and the British Talent Cup was a was a great lifeline it was mm-hmm. uh, tough at the end of the Red Bull Rookies we just my big my major sponsor Racing Steps Foundation they pulled it a racing so mm-hmm. I mean without them we wouldn't have been able to do what we've done in CV yeah the funding wise we wouldn't have been able to do anything like that so yes uh-huh. it's gotten it was it was they pulled out I am um, so grateful to Graham Sharp from the Racing Steps Foundation for, for giving me what he gave me. It was a massive, massive like experience for me. And mm-hmm. it's, once again, like the Red Bull Rookie, something I'll take on forever because the things I learned there, mm-hmm. I'm still using now. I've gone from using data there and then now in British Supersport, then this year with the Yamaha, we're using data again. So it's like, it's been a couple of years without data, but now what I'm taking from CV, I'm using it back in British Supersport and it's like, I'm already back up to speed again with all that. And it's things like that, and you're riding, and all these little bits and bobs—they all come back, come back to you so quickly. And it's like, well, yeah, that that experience was worthwhile, even if it didn't at the end mount up to where, where I ideally wanted to be. It's still, mm-hmm. it's still there, and I'm still learning from what I had back then. Yeah, and 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 at the end of the British Talent Cup, you know, you've won that, you've proven, and then of course proven that you can compete at the highest level and they call it the Junior Moto 3 champion it is the Spanish champion the yeah. old Spanish champion but they call it that for a reason don't yeah. they because you say the level's so high but the, I remember at the time when when uh, you know at the end of that and looking for put a programme together and it, you see what was it like for a rider of your level of such a high level to have to, to go out and, and go and do things like crowdfunding programmes 
I mean, like, there's two part question. One is, how nice was it to, or did it help mentally to have people chipping in from wide and far? I probably bought you about half a lap of fuel on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but also, what? How did? Uh, what? What went through your head at that point? You thinking, I'm, I'm racing wheel to wheel with Belega and Mir and all these guys, but now I'm having to, you know, go out and and try and put a program to, together when really I should be up there with them. What What's that like from a from your point of view? It's tough. I mean, the, the whole crowdfunding thing, it's always the last thing you want to do. You don't want sure. to be... Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate the support I get from everybody, but crowdfunding mm-hmm. is the last thing I want to do. I don't sure. want to be begging for money to, mm-hmm. to go racing because I do it for enjoyment. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's I don't want to be taking money off people because yeah. at the end of the day, they don't, they don't have to give me money. It's the, yeah. A lot of people do it, but it's not something I tend to want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously... The, the support we got off that was amazing yeah. it was it was unbelievable I was so surprised at how generous everybody was and Peter you said there you donated and I, I can't I can't thank you enough for doing that <laughs> because even though it was a small amount all these little bits helped all these yeah. little these little donations they all add up at the end and mm-hmm. that, that helps massively obviously with us being a privateer team mm-hmm. everything was on a budget everything was like the most minimal we could we had a local sponsor the butcher shop uh, Lindsay's the butcher in town mm-hmm. They they supplied us our food for the season, so I mean we we were fed well over the whole <laughs> over the whole season. Um, and JM Richards in Perth, they they gave me a bicycle. Uh, the, the bicycle shop in Perth on George Street, they they sponsored me a bicycle for the season. So yeah. I mean things like that for training, mountain biking is probably actually cycling is probably my biggest training. Okay, right. If I yeah. if I can get out on my bicycle, I'll be out there as soon as I can. Yeah. And then after that, I'll be supermoto, and then after that, I'll be like oh gym and. All, all that kind of thing that's, that's yeah. my kind of training programme uh-huh. so for them to give me a, a high end mountain bike that was that was massive as well and that helped me a lot as well because if I'd had a bad weekend I'd come back and I'd go and clear my head cycling about like Dunkel or Perth or go down south to the borders with my mate who he's the, he's the top end mountain biker as well so okay. coming him to go riding with was, uh, was good for my training so no nah, that was good um, yeah obviously a lot of sponsors help and the crowdfunding it was, uh, it was tough but to to have all the support I got from local, well, local on a far route, it was, uh, it was yeah. really nice to, to have. It was a nice warm feeling that there was a lot of support out there. Mm-hmm. It was actually nice to see from, 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 from a fan's perspective. It was nice to see so many people, like when you're watching it, obviously because it's publicly available, you see, it was great to see so many people going in. And, the, and of course, they could leave a message as well. Yeah. It was great. And I, can, I totally get it how for you, you go... Like, it's the last thing you want to do. But if it keeps you racing and look at the opportunity, here we are, what? 14 months later and we're looking down the barrel of the top top team for British Supersport which is which is which is fantastic you're I was looking at your helmet design or I was watching a few of the races over the last couple of days it reminds me of Freddie Spencer's helmet right it's, tell us about your helmet design and, and how it came about and a helmet design well yeah. uh, I did design a helmet for the Red Bull Rookies in 2015 because mm-hmm. RI Europe had come on board and approached me mm-hmm. to, to wear RX-7s which obviously can't go past an RI, yeah. widely known as probably the best helmet, the safest helmet in the world. So yeah. to have RI review it going, yeah, here's a couple of helmets. I was like, well, Happy days. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for that. So <laughs> me and my dad sat there and we're like, oh, well, what do we want? And I'm quite a retro person. I kind of like what all the older, older stuff. And I like the simple designs. It doesn't need to be too too over the top. So my dad sat there and he was like, what about this? What about that? I was like, oh, that's quite cool. 
And so we'd, we'd done something like that. And to be honest, it's stuck ever since then. Bike paints and Cooper Muir, they paint my helmets for me. They, okay. they tweaked it ever so slightly, but the colours and the main design pretty much stayed the same. And to be honest, it stood out so well, it's so easy to spot because of the colour of the red. We just kind of kept it. Yeah. We'd kept it the whole time. And again, for this season, I'm going to maybe tweak it a little bit and have some, like, maybe a different kind of style for one or two of the rounds, but it's going to be much the same. Yeah. So you can you can put me down for a Rory Skinner RI replica when it comes out oh, in please. future. Oh, <laughs> Available exclusively here at yeah. Skinner's Motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you give us come in and give us a deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, you've raced in the Grand Prix paddock. You've raced in the BSB paddock. Grand Prix paddock. Who's the most impressive rider that you've raced wheel to wheel with? Would you say most impressive rider? Ooh. That's a tough one, really. Um, Obviously, every single rider that's been in like Red Bull rookies mm-hmm. or Junior World Championship that's fast has gone on to progress. I mean, Juan Mir is unbelievable <laughs> with being he's now a Suzuki factory, right? A MotoGP rider. So, yeah. in terms of going the furthest, probably Juan Mir. Um, in terms of the the data that I've seen is probably Danny Kent or Maverick Vinales. That's just unbelievable. Okay. What he what what they could do in a bike was just unbelievable. Yeah. And what what was it specifically with Danny? Because Danny was twenty fifteen. He was just he just straight ahead, wasn't he? Just he just refined the style to a Moto three so perfectly. Yeah. Every little thing he could get out of it, he got out of it, and it was just little, just the way he was off the braking onto the throttle and his throttle traces and his brake, the way he was braking and the style he was braking, it just worked so well. Now, mm. Moto three. Is he going to be racing this season? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing stock thousand. Yeah. He's stock thousand on a. I think for a Kawasaki. Yeah, he's too good a rider to to, yeah, to not be up there. He's had it's a difficult. Last couple of years, I think. So it's good to see that he's back with a with a full time ride. Yeah, at this ab- point anyway. So absolutely. Best absolutely. Luck to him. Yeah, and and then you've you know you've had a, a year now in the British Superbike paddock. Um, who's most impressed you there? Across in, in, in who you've raced with? I think Jack Kennedy has got ah. to be one of the main ones. He's mm-hmm. what he was doing last year in a Superbike bike was amazing. Mm-hmm how consistent he was and how comfortable he looked doing it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was mm-hmm. riding on the absolute edge of, of the machinery <laughs> that I had just to even be within a second of him. And it was like, how can how can you be doing that lap in, lap out? And I mean, now I've jumped on the Yamaha, it's, the pace is coming more and more now and the more laps I do, the more at home I feel in it. And mm-hmm. with the team he had, I can understand how he'd done that. But at the end of the day, he's still got to do it. He's still got to do it himself. Sure. But, for what he'd done last year, I, I was in all of it, really. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, I, I, in a class so close, or typically so close to yeah. see somebody clear off of that, it's incredible. Yeah. And from here, you know, obviously, you, you, there are so many different routes now to make it to the top of the sport, and some people would say the top of the sport is World Superbike, some people say it's MotoGP, some people say it's the Isle of Man TT. Yeah. So, for, for you, obviously, making the switch over to production-style racing is has that affected the career path that you want to take now or, or, or how do you see the career path going forward from now? Obviously after I've been in the Red Bull Rookies my aim was to be in Moto3 Grand Prix mm-hmm. um, that taking a slight detour obviously going through the British Talent Cup and things being said about getting a the winner will get a ride and whether or not that got, obviously didn't come at the end of it mm-hmm. so there's there's something going on there internally but that is what it is and we, mm. we're taking what we had and we just got on with it and being in British super sport the, the opportunity definitely is still there to be back in the in the Grand Prix paddock that it's just mm. going to be a harder route to get there but mm-hmm. I feel that if we put the work in and we stick at it it, it could come there's no reason why it can mm. and would you prefer at the end of the next season would you prefer to go up to 
British Superbikes or to go across to World Super Sport? Do you think? Uh, I think I think at my age at the minute, I'm just I've just turned eighteen at the end of September, so yeah. I think at my age I'd rather try and try my hardest to absolutely make it into the world stage. So yes, uh-huh. if I had, if I had opportunity in the right team, obviously if in right money in World mm-hmm. Super World Super Sport six hundred, that's the way I would want to go. Sure. You try and go from there to Moto two and Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. That's that would be the ideal goal. British Superbikes, I, I wouldn't rule it out at all, but yeah. at the minute I think since I'm so young, I'd yeah. like to try my absolute hardest to try and get back into the Grand Prix kind of cycle anyway. I forget, I forget actually how young you are when you're looking back, I can't believe I asked somebody who's 19 years old or 18 years old, how how, how did you find racing a two-stroke motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you miss a two-stroke? I do, I am a two-stroke man. <laughs> through, through. I mean, well, you'll see the shot now, I'll show you around after, right? just through the back there, and I mean, the two-strokes is just... <laughs> Unbelievable! I've been around bikes my whole life, and up until I was twelve, I'd actually only ridden two strokes. Wow. My first time riding a four stroke was in the Morawaki Cup, on a pre three. Yes, at Brands Hatch. That was my first ever time riding one, and then the time after I wildcarded it again, uh, at Acid, and I actually managed the podium in my second ever race in a four stroke at Acid. Wow! wow. And there's the likes of Philip Salak was in that race. Wow. And I think he finished fifth or sixth, and well, he's just been top and testing in the Grand Prix paddock. I remember reading John McGuinness's book, and uh, there's it's a hilarious paragraph in it where first time he gets off a, a four stroke at the TT, and he says, "I'm not riding that effing diesel ever again." I came out of pit lane, and rolled off the throttle, looked behind me, and I about put my head through the through the screen because I've never been used to the engine braking. Yeah. It was just uh, it was a bit, it was a bit strange to get used to, it, but I mean, obviously after after a couple of sessions, you get used to it. It's just it's just the way it reacts. And now now I can jump between them both because I know I know exactly what both of them are like. And mm-hmm. I mean, if I had a choice, I'd much rather ride a two stroke every day of the week. But it is what it is. Everything's gone four stroke now. But there might be a chance two strokes. You back. never know. It could come back. Well, that that maybe comes neatly onto my next question. When I when I interview car racers. I always ask them what what would be their dream race when their dream car and their dream teammate. So we're, well, you're the first bike racer, so we're going to say. So I wonder, I wonder if I can predict what the answer is going to be. If you could pick any race in the world to compete in, mm-hmm. and any bike to do it on, and any teammate to have, what would they be? What do you mean race like championship? So so it could be could be the TT, it could be um, Mugello MotoGP, it could be World Superbikes World Final, it could be anything you want. Pikes Peak. I think it, I think it would be good if. MotoGP went to Portimao. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, riding a Prilia RS V two fifty, the Grand Prix, the factory uh-huh. works two stroke. I thought it would be a two stroke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it would be cool to be in the era like Caparossi, Harada, and Ross, like all that kind of era, like the late nineties of two strokes when like the Prilia was like carbon swing arms and just crazy things like that. I think yeah. that that would be my ideal, uh-huh. ideal kind of situation. Dream would be a two fifty, not a five hundred. I think it, I've rode a two fifty before. I rode a ninety four, ninety two two Aprilia two fifty Grand Prix bike. Uh-huh. One of our friends had, and that has just stuck with me ever since. <laughs> I, I I wanted to get back on it so much. I mean, I've got my GP one two five Honda up the top there, just above the showroom, and uh-huh. I I first rode that when I was twelve, and that was just like unbelievable. That was so much fun. Wow. I got a dispensation to ride that in the Scottish Championship, so the SECU gave me a dispensation to ride that early after I'd ridden an 80 a year early because yes. usually you have to be 12 to go into big tracks and they gave me a dispensation when I was 11 uh-huh. because I'd been racing down south on the metrics in the like, 50s and the 70s as we were saying earlier mm-hmm. and uh, yeah they, they'd had a look at my like my profile and they were like well yeah they'd seen me out at a Neil McKenzie track doing my 
70 um, beforehand when I was 10 at Knockout and they were like yeah well you know what you've, you've got the race craft it looks like you've got the skills so we'll give it a go and they, they've, they've been brilliant I've had great support off the SEC over the last well, countless amount of years so yeah. it's been great and you wouldn't be the youngest ever or probably a super teen twin or otherwise no. having that experience no, I know. Um, last couple what's been your f- you've raced all over the place what's, where's been your favourite destination to race my favourite destination would probably be Austria ah, but my okay. favourite track would be Portimao yeah, I like the, the Red Bull Ring well, I mean the Red Bull Ring was just like billiard table smooth yeah. it was unbelievable because it was just when it first opened and the facilities there were unbelievable yeah. you'd walk into the track you'd have to go underneath and it was like a museum it was like a five star hotel and like cross to a museum when you're walking through it it was like this is wow. unbelievable but I mean I think track wise the way Portmouth flows is just unbeatable I don't think there's a track like it in the world yeah. it reminds me a bit of Oulton Park and Cadwell Park crossed mm. I made about three times as wide <laughs> and twice as fast yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing looking circuit isn't it yeah. I've never been but it looks amazing the now I've, I've in my, my brief motorcycling career I got hooked on track days and I did the all the gear no idea thing and I made a complete a complete dog's dinner of it and it ended up in the gravel at Duffer's Step. So for numpties like me, what would be, as a pro rider, what would be the best advice you could give to someone who's maybe been riding on the road and wants to get into the track days? What would you advise them to, to consider? I think not to go into it thinking they're unbeatable. They've got to go into it with a bit of a bit of sensual. You, you just got to enjoy it really. You're there to enjoy it and the benefit of being on a track is everything's going in the same direction you mm-hmm. can go as quick as you want and mm-hmm. there's there's like there's an instant ambulance there there's marshals there to help mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and it's it's a great it's a great thing to have so I mean you don't go mental you don't take advantage of it you don't try and just ride on the absolute ragged limit you bed yourself in because it's completely different to riding on the road yeah I had, a, I had an SR50 Aprilia scooter when I was 16 on the roads and it was like I didn't go mental and I didn't write it stupid but like I understood that the roads are completely different to the racetrack yes. you've got to treat them with respect and even though you go from the roads to the track you've still got to treat the track with respect you've got to learn it you've got to learn the way you have to ride uh-huh. and uh, so probably one of the best things you could do is get a track day with like the, well not kill do the Neil McKenzie track days mm-hmm. and yeah. I'd say they're probably one of the best things to do because they're, Neil's, Neil's a good guy he's uh-huh. got loads of got Taron and Taylor usually there mm-hmm. McGuinness usually sometimes goes so it's mm-hmm. like if you're going to do one, try and get there with good company and they'll try and iron out the bad habits as quick as possible because once you get used to like the flowing lines and how you need to brake and how you need to get in the throttle, everything comes quicker. Once you get into like a smooth rhythm, your mm-hmm. lap times will just drop. Mm-hmm. And you, you, that's, you're, you're getting taught by a former top level Grand Prix rider, yeah. multiple British champion. Yeah. Well, how cool is that? <laughs> I know, exactly. You yeah. can go brag to your mates, your, your best mates, Neil McKenzie. Yeah, that he was behind me for 10 laps. He never caught me. <laughs> Final question, what's been the best memory so far uh, in your career? Best memory, I, I, there's loads of them really. Um, I'm pretty thankful to my dad for taking me everywhere, that, that being through there for the whole time. He bought me a bike when I was 18 months old. And wow. I think, I think it's the whole memory kind of goes from when we f- I first started riding to even now. I mean, me and my dad, my dad's always been riding with me. We'd always go go ride in like private land somewhere with my friends and had a few or whatever. So he'd, he'd take his enduro bike out and I'd go out with my PW, my PW50 which was sitting in the showroom <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd go out and we'd ride about and so that was when I was like three or four years old and then just at the start of the year they were out in Almeria uh-huh. and he rode my super sport bike from last year and I rode my practice bike 
R6 that a sponsor bought me just in the off season there, which wow. once again I'm really That's the blue one, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, yeah. just over there. Oh, cool. So, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, we went out to Almeria and it was just like that. So it's like, even though it's been 15 odd years, like, it's been 15 years since we first started riding to even now. And it's, I think that's probably one of the best memories. I've had it, I've had it with my, my dad and also my mum as well. My mum's been through the, through the lot with me. She's a, even though she doesn't come to as many now, she's still always been there. And she always came to the ones when I was younger. She's mm-hmm. got a dog to look after now at home. <laughs> so when she get try, when she can get away, she always tries and comes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's probably the best moments I've had is like with my family and just with the connection I've got with my mum and dad through, through racing and just having the enjoyment is probably the best thing. Yeah, well, that's it's amazing to hear that. I, I'm so excited for you this year. It's an amazing opportunity. I think you really deserve it. And uh, to be a fellow, see, the fastest man in Perth, we can give you that moniker. Um, I'll be cheering for you and all the best of luck for the season. Thank, Thank you. you very much. No problem.